Hi everyone, my name is Beatrice and welcome back to our podcast discussing identities. Today we have two very special guests who are close friends of mine, Dana and Aisha. Do you guys want to introduce yourselves? Yeah, I can go first. I'm Aisha. I'm a junior at UConn. I'm a poli-sci and wigs major with a minor in human rights. Um, I play rugby alongside B and Dana as well. Um, I'm also in period at UConn and a part of the learning communities. Thank you. Dana? Hi, I'm Dana. I'm 20. I'm a junior and a dual degree in women's studies, molecular and cell bio and human rights. My areas of interest are reproductive justice, reproductive health, and reproductive rights, and kind of how these issues are distinct from each other while at the same time heavily interconnected. Amazing. Well, I'm really glad that you guys could join me to discuss cultural identities and its impacts on self-identity, freedom of choice, and mental health. And just as a little context for our listeners, Dana, Ash, and I all come from a background of immigration, but our stories are very different. And we wanted to share a little bit more with you guys um, our thoughts and opinions on how upbringing, especially that of kids from immigrant families, can shape the way in which we carry ourselves in society and just like how self-identity is shown in ourselves. Um, so why don't you guys give us, give our listeners a little bit more of information on your upbringing and family history? Um, so my parents immigrated here from India in 1997 and I was born here in 2000. So I've grown up in America for my entire life. Um, I've also lived in Massachusetts my entire life, which significantly significantly does impact, I guess, my own experiences. But yeah. That's cool. How about you, Dana? Yeah. Um, so I was born in the Philippines and I moved to West Haven, Connecticut when I was eight years old and I've lived here ever since. And um, that was a time around like 2007, 2008, where there were high rates of immigration from like South Asia, especially from the Philippines, where the U.S. economy had good opportunities for professional immigrants. So my parents just really wanted to take that financial and educational opportunity for us. And um, I think my upbringing was a really pretty half and half, 50-50 combination of being Filipino and American culture, where we do speak both languages at home. Um, We eat mostly Filipino food. And for me personally, I had a really strong Filipino community um, when I moved here. So I think that definitely plays a strong role in my sense of cultural identity. That's awesome. Um, For our listeners too that don't know my story, I'm not the conventional immigrant, I guess, because my family moves around a lot and I, I haven't stayed in one place for a long enough time for me to associate with one or the other but I am from Brazil and that's my strong like the strongest cultural identity I carry and right now I'm an international student here in the U.S. so I've only lived in Connecticut for two years now so I feel like 
we the three of us have very different perspectives on what immigration is like and how each of our experiences shaped the way that or shaped the people that we are now so i have a few questions for you guys so we can get started on our conversation um so how do you guys perceive your own cultural identity i know dana kind of went a little bit into that but would you consider yourself a third culture kid or mostly american or mostly indian or filipino um, for me personally, I would say I would consider myself more American, right? Um, my first language was actually like my language that uh, my parents speak in India. Um, and so then like I have that with me, but then culture wise, I primarily am, I would identify more as American just because I don't really practice much like of any part of Indian culture, just because it just has never really been like embedded into my life I guess so yeah 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 I understand that and so do you think that but because you speak the um sorry it's is it Marathi yeah yeah so because you speak Marathi do you think that that helps you create a stronger bond to your Indian culture though or do you think that that doesn't make that much of a difference um that's a good question I don't I don't think it really like I don't know if it makes that much of an impact in my life right because I haven't really thought about it in that way yeah it's more I guess it just like I have that aspect of communication so when I do go to India there's no language barrier for me at least not in a significant way Mm -hmm. I guess like in that way that there's that like grounded connection that has always existed but then I guess in like collectively in my daily life I don't know if it truly does have that kind of impact you know mm -hmm. yeah do you think that you're more connected to your parents in that way though like not specifically your culture but to your parents do you think you can understand each other better than if you only spoke English yeah definitely yeah how about you dana do you have any input in about the question or anything that we talked about um yeah i think going back to the third culture kid i think i definitely do see myself mm -hmm. as a third culture kid especially just yeah. not having that one specific culture i cannot adhere to but um mm -hmm. i think it's challenging to choose like am i more american or am i more filipino but for me going through that like being that immigrant kid in like a new school in the U.S. and not being able to speak like the best English I think that definitely traumatized me and shaped the way I think where mm -hmm. I, I don't think I'll ever see myself as like truly American like I don't really know what being American means there's really no definition mm -hmm. but that, yeah for me in that sense that in that way I think myself more of Filipino when I think about like my experiences but then again, when I go to the Philippines, I feel so American. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I think it's, I think having both cultures like creates this like new set of experiences. I guess that third yeah. culture. Yeah, I think that that's really important, and I I feel like that too. Like when I go home to Brazil, it's like my Brazilian friends are always like, "Oh my God, you have an American accent now." But then when I'm here, it's like. I'm not American at all, so 
it's like yeah it's not really like there's not really a fit I guess yeah um but do do you guys feel like your family play plays a big part in your cultural identity like do you think they helped you when in the U.S. to like carry on some of what they had when they were little or just like anything that is part of your culture do you think that they helped you guys to I'm not sure how to put this but if they they helped you get that sense of culture through them in a foreign country um yeah for me I think definitely I think our parents play such a big role on our sense of self and like finding ourselves but for me I think I think being an immigrant I think it's a really critical thing to keep the language and I'm Mm -hmm. so thankful that my parents I don't want to say forced but we really kept that language like we're all we're all 100% fluent and again I think my parents really took the initiative to move to an area where all my friends were Filipino kids who were in the same exact situation as me and Mm -hmm. me all our parents work in the same place and we were all the same ages. So, yeah. So I think that definitely played a big role uh, in like what I perceive myself as. Yeah. How about you, Aisha? Um, I also agree with that, right? Like the language is super important because I feel like it goes like far beyond just being able to communicate, but it's like an aspect of that culture that I will forever have, even though, even though I will never live in India. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. also like my parents, like when they, when we moved to Sharon, I was three. Um, but this area has like a lot of Asian people and like specifically Indian people, but I don't, I genuinely don't think that really ever shaped my identity, right? Like defining myself as an Indian American, if that makes any sense. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's always been like like it was good to like have other people who also like not necessarily spoke the same language as me but just kind of had like similar experiences yeah but yeah yeah, I think that was I think that's important growing up right because yeah I just lost my train of thought yeah (laughs) but I totally get that and I think that like we joked a lot about this before and how like we just we make friends with people that share the same some not the same but like similar experiences than us without knowing like we're just drawn into like these people that we don't even know we have so much in common <laughs> like the three of us with like different like immigration experiences and just like cultural experiences but at the end of the day we just like find each other around um so yeah, I, I guess that also leads into the idea of like having a sense of belonging that I feel like third culture kids a lot of the times like don't have that feeling of belonging somewhere necessarily. But like you said, it's just like different per- cultural perspectives that just like help you become who you are. Um. So do you guys have any like personal experiences like good or bad of like I guess 
um, European Americans towards you guys or just like people who are not immigrants in the US and like the way they treated you? Here. Do you, sorry do you mind if I touch on that belonging concept really quick because I just thought yeah yeah right because like when I grew up well when I was younger right because I came out when I was pretty young like 15 yeah and so I guess because I didn't like have any like like queer friends when I was younger I guess that belonging aspect came from befriending people who were Indian right because we had that yeah. similarity yeah but yeah, sorry, I just that just came to me. No, that's actually really interesting. And that's very important for a conversation, too, because I do want to touch on like, self identity, especially in the LGBTQ community with immigrant families, but we're gonna wait a little. Sorry, yeah. That, but that's very important. <laughs> we love to hear it. But if you guys have any um, stories of your experiences with um either like racism or just uh any type of injustice I guess you guys faced um for me I think okay so like when I moved here I was like around eight I definitely had a lot of Mm -hmm. comments like you know I didn't speak good English um like I Mm -hmm. did different stuff like my um lunches would be at school so definitely like as a young child like I didn't understand it but at the same time like you understand when someone's like making fun of you or is racist yeah but I think once I grew up I really um I think I really wanted to assimilate and I like lost Mm -hmm. my accent and so I think kind of like throughout middle school and high school I haven't really I'm so lucky like I haven't had any explicit discrimination or like racist things said to my face yeah definitely everywhere Mm -hmm. else but not to my face but then I think it's so interesting because I think this pattern I haven't experienced anything attacked and targeted to me but because of coronavirus like when I go out the past few months like I definitely hear like white people tell me like oh she needs to go back to her country because like I don't speak um like English at the grocery store with my mom like comments like that it's just it's full circle like I thought I that would be over especially like especially my pattern but Mm -hmm. just yeah yeah so like just like microaggressions you would say yeah yeah. yeah. How about you, Aisha? Yeah, I've definitely had a few of those. Um, when I was younger, right, my elementary school was primarily white, so people would literally bully me for being Indian. I was like, first of all, enough. But like, <laughs> and like that progressed like for like basically a lot of like elementary school, even early on middle school, when like all the schools combined. So there was like a large population of Indian and Asian people, and I was like, okay, I don't really get that, but yeah, sure. If you want to be a, not a nice person, feel free yeah Um, but yeah and then that like stopped um definitely as I got older but then I like microaggressions are constantly occurring right I would say Mm -hmm. one big thing is the pronunciation of my name and people ask how to say it and then I will correct them and then they'll still say it the wrong way like I know and times right and it's it's frustrating right because it's not like I'm and I feel bad for asking it and I shouldn't because it's literally me. Like it's who I am. It's my name. So, but I always feel bad being like, no, this is actually how you say it. So I don't bother to correct people, but I definitely need to change that because I think you like, we can't just like allow people excuses because they don't feel comfortable like bothering to learn the right way, you know? Yeah, definitely. Especially since it's your name and also 
it's like it's not even hard yeah it's not (laughs) true like it's just like sometimes like I feel like people see like a different name like that is not like commonly like I don't know white American name and they already assume that you're from somewhere else Mm -hmm. or like they already kind of feel like they have like a pass to just like be like oh sorry like I I can't I don't know how to spell it or like I can't like pronounce that you know Mm -hmm. like um I think I think it's so great that you mentioned like your name and then because I think with um Kamala Harris people don't know Mm -hmm. how to say her name right even now they Mm -hmm. call her Kamala like the different names and this woman is going to be our vice president and People yeah. still want to make fun of her name. That's a whole separate story of them mispronouncing it. So I think just, I don't know, no matter where we are, how high we rise up, like these things are prevalent in every space we go yeah. to. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, definitely. And um, I don't know, it's just like, it's just some a, a small little thing, like, part of your identity like I feel like my name is like pretty important to my identity so if someone is like refusing to correct themselves to like address you is just like another way in which we or some people have to deal with this idea of identity and culture because it's like there's no winning really I feel like our name is the first label as, that someone can mm-hmm. see. So if you're not saying my name right or trying to say it right, you're not mm-hmm. going to see me as a whole person. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. It's literally like a dismissal of like so, a part of somebody's identity, right? And like, yeah, can I just add another story or two? Yes, um, yes, go ahead. Yeah, so when I used to work at UConn Catering, I'm going to add them because this is just not okay, right? Um, one of my managers is like asking me, like, she's like, oh, like your name, right? Like, where is it from? Blah, blah, blah. And I answered all these questions, like, because whatever. Mm-hmm. And then she goes, okay, but like, actually, I don't think your name is spelled right because the way you say it doesn't really match how it's spelled. And I was like, <laughs> where in your right mind do you think that it is appropriate to say something like that to somebody? The audacity. I was in shock. I was like, this is just, I was like, how, how? Like, and it's at UConn, right? Like UConn is te- like in Connecticut, which is considered, you know, a progressive state. And to still just be so insensitive, so unknowledgeable, and to say something like that to a student, right? Like, not only are you discrediting yeah. their identity, but you're making it so that it's a space where they're not going to be able, that they don't feel comfortable to speak out because you're going to simply dismiss them all with these kinds of notions. It was just, it was literally horrific. <laughs> I know. I mean, I'm going to, like, when I came to UConn, um, the first year was kind of difficult, so, because... I mean, my English was good because I went to a English speaking speaking high school, but I still had a strong Brazilian accent, I think, because I went to an international school. And so I never had like the heavy um, American accent influence on me. And so I feel like my first year here was when I really felt any like microaggression, I guess, but also I'm white. So there's not anything really that was like that hurtful to me like it was just like ignorance I guess towards my background sorry and oh no that's fine (laughs) but 
I definitely think that a lot of kids are very ignorant here to mm-hmm. like diff- the idea, the existence of different cultures, and it's just like a blindsided mentality of like America's the best place on mm-hmm. earth, and if you're from somewhere else, like I like an American an American white person has like the privilege of like not having to acknowledge it in in a sense. You yeah, know? And I think that just indicates like our level of education doesn't equate to our level of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And I think we think like, yeah. oh, we're in college, of course, like we we know everything and we just don't, especially when we see all these little racist things. I know, yeah. And I'm going to say one of the stories for Aisha because I don't know if she forgot to mention or not, but you can continue it. But last year when we went to the Biggie, I think that that was my first time seeing, like, someone close to me, like, being asked that question because, like, it's, like, a meme. Or not a meme, but, like, we see a lot on the internet of people, like, being approached and being, like, oh, like, where are you from? Where are you really from? And stuff like that. And I guess, like... That was my introduction to American racism when I saw that lady at the grilled cheese stand asking Aisha where she was from because of Aisha's name. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I, Aisha, if you want to yeah, um, give a little more context. Yeah. Like consistently, people are always like, so where are you from? Right. And this and at the grilled cheese station, this woman was really like, what did she specifically say? She was like, like, oh, I don't remember what she exactly said, but she basically asked, so like, where are you really from, right? And that like insinuating context because of my name and like basically because of the color of my skin, she was like, you don't seem like you're yeah. from here. And I feel like I've had that asked to me like so many times, right? Like, and I've yeah. had these like instances where people are literally like describe me with the word exotic in front of my face. I'm like, first of all, I am not a commodity. I am a human being. Yeah. It's just like, first of all, why why would you assume, literally, that for like name and skin color? Like, I feel like the U.S. is very, um, uh, culturally sensitive. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, something else that I was gonna say, like going back to like identity, like when you like you lived your entire life in Massachusetts like having someone come up to you and like question that like question your life experiences like questioning your like where you're from like I I don't know but like do you think that that kind of hurts your self-identity or really like just your sense of belonging like we were saying before yeah I think that that's happened so many times that this is like really bad to say, but I genuinely feel like I'm kind of like desensitized to those experiences just because like I, Mm -hmm. like I know my own identity, right? Like when I was younger, it was very different, right? I would be like, I was like, oh my God, like that would make me like significantly like more insecure, right? But as I got older, like I'm just so desensitized to it that when people ask me that, I literally just like stare at them. I'm like, I'm from Massachusetts. They're like, are you really? But like, where are you actually from? And I'm literally just like, my parents are from India. And then I will walk away because I'm like, it's so annoying at like a certain point. Like, and like we live in Mass or I live in Massachusetts, right? It's like a very diverse state. 
So I, I don't yeah. understand how people just keep on doing these things, right? Like this happens to me and my friends and like a lot of people I know all the time, but like, why? It's it's not like, why surprised? I, <laughs> I wonder, is it really like curiosity or like, what is it that gets someone to go out of their way to like ask someone that, you mm-hmm. know, but. And I think out of all three of us, like if we define being American as the per like, as the amount of time we've been here, Aisha's the more American in that term. And yeah. out of all three of us, she's the one that would be the first one to be questioned. And you would be the last because you're white, even though you were the like, least. So it's crazy how our skin color affects everything. Mm-hmm. I know. And just like we were saying the other day, like if we were in a car or like anywhere and like we were to be stopped by ice, like I would probably like, get out of it like without any consequence really just because I'm white when I'm literally the one who's not from here at all and only has like a student visa which is like crazy yeah Yeah. I think that's honestly like to a certain degree that is kind of frightening right like even though like to me like to me it's not like obviously I live I live my life as who I am every single day but the fact that there's so many people that can still look at me and question whether or not like I'm actually like like supposed to be here right that like constant like oh does it like this does this person belong here it's kind of I don't like I don't know how to describe it but it's very like it's not scary I guess but it just like it kind of just sits at the back of my mind like wow all these people really are like Mm, mm, is this person really like from america are they really quote-unquote american yeah. it's 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 became our culture yeah insensitive mm-hmm. yeah do you think that that's like something that um every uh immigrant family in the u.s share like do you think that this is an experience that creates like a third culture within the u.s between all immigrants I definitely think so but then there's also this like I don't know like there's a lot of people who don't acknowledge it and they use that as more of like a hateful aspect right like a lot of Indian people Mm -hmm. are very very Islamophobic and like they and like people who are from Pakistan or Afghanistan or like anywhere in the Middle Eastern region um they look very very similar to Indian people because we both are from the same like basically Pakistan and India were basically the same country until up until 70 years ago so they look but then they like even though like they don't acknowledge that or they even if they acknowledge that there's like microaggressions towards them when they see explicit instances of Islamophobia they will side with the people who are making these comments rather than stand up for them because of these these like hate the hatred that they have inside of them right and that's Mm -hmm. right I don't like this is not really I don't know if this is relevant to the topic but I feel like that's a big issue of like communities or uh, communities of like color or in this case like brown communities failing to unite and like I guess I don't know like push forward but instead they're like fighting with each other over these like things that is just not does it make sense to fight over yeah i think that's li- for me i think of that as the idea of white supremacy mm-hmm. is present in all spaces even spaces without white people so that's yeah. why yeah. a lot of di- again a lot of different communities 
hate each other. Like it's so mm. rooted within us. It's that like post-colonial yeah. effects that still literally ripple across the entire world. And we see that when there's like communities of color, like instead of just working together, pointing out flaws or issues or hating the other group because of that. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just wanted to shift a little, but kind of staying into this idea of um, discrimination within uh, immigrate immigrant communities or just like cultural, I guess, cultural discrimination. But also going back to the idea of like LGBTQ people and just what it means to be gay within like the idea of being a third culture kid I guess well Dana can't really help us with this part but Aisha if you want to like share any ideas you have also on mental health for Dana to to pitch in but just how um the clash of all these cultures how that affects yeah smaller parts of your identity and how you deal with them basically um yeah I feel like when I was younger um when I was still in high school uh when I first came out I don't know like I when I was younger but I felt super isolated from like the like from identifying with like or not identifying but like being comfortable with being gay because I didn't have anybody near me who was like gay I didn't have any friends that were gay so it was always kind of like even though I was out I was always very very uncomfortable about it and I guess as a way of compensating I just turned more to the Indian part of who I was for this like sense of belonging so in high school I was friends with like like primarily Indian people and it was just kind of always like and like the thing is Throughout my, like, four years, I was, like, never very comfortable with my identity because people would, like, make small comments here and there that would make me really uncomfortable with, like, being, um, with, like, being confident and being gay because people would always, like, make, like, subtle comments, like, right, like, you know what I'm trying to say. Um, so it was, <laughs> so it was always, sorry, um, it was always kind of just like separating the two because I never felt like I could combine them to one versus when I went to college. But um, Mm -hmm. yeah, and people would talk about it. (laughs) Like when I was in gym in 10th grade, we had like this period and there was these like bunch of Indian girls who were I think in the grade below me. And they were literally talking about me being gay in front of me. And they were like, oh my God, she's gay. Like, did you know that? Like, blah, blah. I was like, first of all, why is this something for you to gossip about? Like, I'm not really sure. I know. Oh my it's God. Kind of, like, looking back, it's kind of funny because I'm not sure what they got out of it. But um, yeah. And then, I mean, after. So do, you think, do you think that there was like, obviously, like your parents yeah. were very accepting, but like, do you think there was kind of like not a fight but like you know like with intersectionality Mm -hmm. like the intersection of you being Indian and gay do you think that that made your experiences different or I don't know just was there anything related Um, to that that helped with your self-identity or influence I think when I was younger it was kind of difficult because 
like my genuine fear with coming out was like okay right like I'm Indian and I'm gay and I think that like that scared me because I was like these are two identities that you never see like overlap at least from like when I was younger right now it's very different in the past couple Mm -hmm. of years it's really progressed but um like having that fear in the back of my mind and I'm not gonna lie I think that still exists there right or not it's not like I don't think it's a fear anymore it's always this kind of like oh, are people going to know I'm gay or are people going to think that, like, my identity is valid because I'm Indian, right? Like, if that makes any sense, but, yeah. You know. Yeah, I I mean, I, for, my, for me, like, being bisexual in a family of, I don't know, in a fa- family that has experienced, I guess, different cultures was still very hard, too, and, like, I guess also my Brazil, the Brazilian influence into my family's mentality over certain things, like certainly mm-hmm. made that difficult. But I definitely think that you, you had more of like an insight into what it means to be gay and like from a different like cultural standpoint. I guess because I also came out pretty late, like a year ago, so I didn't have that growth I guess like that knowing that I was gay when growing up so like to influence other parts of my life I guess so that's a really good insight thank you um I don't know if you guys have anything to say about mental health but I think that that's Mm -hmm. also important part of identity like just like learning more about yourself and I think that that's also very taboo in the in mm-hmm. some cultures, I, I know that in Brazil, that is really taboo just because people are very religious and they don't really turn to psychology when needing help or like something to fix, not fix, but forget the word, like just coping mm-hmm. with their anxiety or depression. I think that people believe that those are not true and you're just like far from god if you're experiencing any of that so is there anything you guys as culture that helps or not with um i just want to say like the point you just made about um countries that tend to be more religious and their views on mental health right i didn't ever look at it like that because i'm not religious so i think that's a really good point and i think like, I mean, I see that a lot. Like, in India, people are very religious. Like, that is their, like, way they live mm-hmm. their life. And, yeah, mental health is not talked about in that country at all. People suffer in silence. Like, it just, it's not given a space where it should be. Dana, do you have anything um, I think share? just what Aisha said. So, like, for, I know, like, the Asian community just does not believe in mental health. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, in my experiences, I think my mom is a doctor, so, and she works in the psych field. So when I asked to go to therapy and she says no, that just, that just solidifies like that, how taboo it is in cultures. Like, mm-hmm. especially people like of the science field still have such a strong hold to their cultural beliefs. Do you think that there's any part of, like, for some parents who uh, immigrated to the U.S., do you think that there's some part of them that kind of wants to deny that 
they're going through something because of the idea that they're so strong mentally. I feel like that's like something that happens in my family. Like they, they think that they're so strong because they went through all these changes. So how could they be anxious or how could they be depressed? Like they made these choices. Do you think that there's like a, what's the word when you like negating or um, yeah. Overcompensation. Yeah. Just like, Kind of the idea that something can't exist mm-hmm. if you're mentally yeah, strong, definitely. I guess. That's or, something like yeah. I think it's unique for especially like immig- anyone that's an immigrant. But I think especially like mm-hmm. your goal in immigrating is to just better yourself in any way, whether it's mostly financially, and that's yeah. Like, once you um better yourself financially, that just that's better. Like um. Just that's better in every um, aspect of your life. So I think for me, it's like our mentality is like work hard, work hard, work hard. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I think mental health, if you say something's wrong mentally, I think they think of it as a weakness and it like negates Mm -hmm. all your hard work. Mm -hmm. And I think definitely that's how for me, like that's how Asian people see it as. I definitely agree Mm -hmm. with that. Yeah. I do too. And like I think that that shows like the privilege of how it's a privilege to take mm-hmm. care of your own mental health. When you're like being questioned by all these people like are you really from here like are yeah. you, do, like, you And know? it's like interesting because when you're like right like when you constantly have to like question your own identity and then you're never left with the space Mm -hmm. to like process it because you're like no that's invalid like I cannot seem like like I have to always put on a strong front and I think that exists for a lot of people who are children of immigrants or immigrants like themselves like it's kind of this is always like oh my god I always have to look perfect because there's always these things that people can kind of like pick and like be like oh look this person has this issue like in their eyes what is considered an issue or like whatever you know yeah yeah definitely um yeah and like like we were talking about like the influence of our parents I think that they carry way more of like some of our cultural um identities so because we have all these cultures within us but our parents they kind of have one over the other a lot of times and I think that in a way they're they or actually not in a way but like I think that they don't completely understand our experience and how it's different yeah. from theirs so it's like hard for them to grasp with like some traumas that may have been caused from moving to a different place or just like being of a cultural a different cultural identity somewhere because like you guys were saying they did this to get a better life so it's kind of hard to admit it when there's some part of it that went wrong or like just not even because of them but because of other factors like racist people you know like not admitting to some type of failure I guess it's definitely easier to be in denial than to like have to like 
evaluate your decision and be like, oh, was it the wrong choice? So I guess like for them, it's just a lot easier to pretend that that, that part just doesn't exist. And, I, and that's very fair because there's like a lot more on the line for them in having to like rethink their choices because it like, you know. Yeah, that's true. Well, uh, just I wanted to ask one last question before we go because we're hitting the time mark already. But um, so overall, would you guys say that your cultural identities play a big role in who you are in your self-identity or is that just a small part of you that doesn't really rule the overall you if that makes sense um i guess i guess in, i mean in a way it obviously shapes how i like view the world how i interact in the world but i feel like in the grand scheme i don't i like this is difficult because i actually have not thought about this myself <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah I guess it's kind of like like my cultural identities like kind of always on the back burner like I know who I am but I and like I know how it influences like where I like how I go through the world but I don't know if it necessarily like impacts my day-to-day life if that makes sense okay so do you think that it does shape your Um, decisions Well, hundred percent does like do think that, yeah, do think that like go through the world. If that makes like if that wait, if that's like a distinguishable thing, you know. A little. But if oh, you want to read, sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, like I think it influences. Um, I like don't know. I don't think it like influences the decisions I make when it comes to things like uh like i don't know like or actually no even when it came to college i think that was something that definitely influenced Mm -hmm. my choice on where to go like location wise but in my day-to-day life i don't think it has as much of an impact as it does in like like big scale things yeah if that's like distinguishable Um, uh, like again as i said like i've had such a strong like community so for me it is a very big part of my identity so I think it's it's how I grew up and yeah I think it's just it's in everything I do um any decisions I make everyday life that's just how that's just what I think that's how I found my identity like with my culture so I think I it's just I use it in everything yeah well, I'm really glad you guys agreed to come to my podcast discussing identities. And maybe next week we'll have some different guests. But I'm really happy you guys are here. And we have a, had a really insightful conversation about cultural identity and how that influences your own identity in the world. So I'll see you guys next week.
Bye. Bye, everyone.